John chapter number one. I appreciate you uh, listening to my rant there for a moment. John chapter number one. If that needs to be a, uh, if that needs to be a, uh, oh goodness, what's the word I'm looking for? If that's if that needs to be a shoe you need to put on, put it on, walk around in it, and let God speak to you. Amen. Let God speak to you. And uh, thank the Lord tonight. Well, I'm just not feeling it, preacher. I'm just, I'm sorry. I didn't know we were Pentecostals. I didn't know we, I didn't know, and I know we got some good Pentecostal brethren, but I didn't know we was a part of the Pentecostal movement that we moved on feelings this evening. I thought we operated by faith. I thought we walked by faith. Somebody help me now. I thought we walked by faith and not by sight. Amen. I'm looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. I'm not going to feel always like going to church and I'm certainly not always going to feel like worshiping in church but I do what I do by faith. Amen. I do what I do by faith when I feel it when I don't feel it. We do what we do. We pray by faith. If you pray when you feel like praying, you'll never pray. If you go to church when you feel like going, you'll never go. If you witness to sinners when you feel like witnessing, you'll never witness. If you read your Bible when you feel like reading it, you'll never read your Bible. If you amen when you feel like amen and you'll never amen. Nothing, you, you'll never feel like doing spiritual things. You'll never feel like doing godly things. You'll never feel like doing right things. You'll never feel like doing holy things. But we don't do what we do by feelings. We do what we do by faith. It is a faith operation. Amen. Amen. Well, I got a headache. So does half the church. I got four or five of them. Well, I'm sleepy. So's everybody else. Stayed up way too late last night. Couldn't sleep. Got up way too early this morning. Tried to take a nap. Couldn't take a nap. Everybody feels the same way. It ain't about you. It ain't about you. Church ain't about you. It ain't about your day. It ain't about your feelings. I need some help right there. It's not about you. This is not about you tonight. We didn't meet here because of you. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's not about my feelings. It's not about my problems. It's not about my struggles. Well, what's it about? It's about him. It's about him. If I'll see him, it'll help me where I am. If I see him, it'll help me where I am. There's always somebody got it worse than you. There's people in here buried spouses and it ain't as bad as that in your life. There's people in here who's got doctors that have told them bad news and you don't even know it. And it ain't about you tonight. There's always somebody got it worse than you do. And we need to see him. We're hung between two worlds. There's a great heaven beyond. There's a great hell beneath. There's sinners going to hell. It's about him. If we'll see him tonight, then all that we need will be taken care of in this life. It's about him. Satan's moving. Hell's moving. Destruction's coming. Poverty's coming. Trouble's coming. Tribulation is coming. And I don't need another feel-good message. I don't need another feel-good meeting. I need something concrete that I can anchor my soul in. And I found that in the Lord Jesus. I need him tonight above anything else. It is not about you. It's not about your marriage. It's not about your feelings. It's not about your moods. It's not about you tonight. Quit being so carnal and thinking, all this is about you. Well, I just this, I just that. Thank God tonight, how about this? Well, he just this and he just that. He just saved me from my hell and he just has been real good to me. It is not about me and you, it's about him. Well, I fall on my way to church, preacher, then be a Christian and lean over and say, I'm sorry, I'll get it right when we get out of here, but please forgive me and make it about him tonight. It's not about you. Well, preacher, my boss did this all day long. It ain't about your boss tonight. It's about the Lord Jesus. Amen, amen. And uh, I, I, uh, I know tonight what I'm saying is true and I need to hear it as much as you do. Somebody help me right there. John chapter number one this evening. And I always appreciate, I, I know some people don't always appreciate a good a good scolding. Uh, I really do. I appreciate when a preacher just scold me real good. And I realize I need it. And I, I appreciate him for it. I appreciate honest people. 
Amen. I appreciate honest preachers. And uh, that, that uh, oh, I'm glad I don't go to a church tonight where, we're, where, we're, where it's just a big old nursery and we're just all, all the time cleaning up baby messes. This ain't a nursery tonight. It's a house of God. It's a house of God. We're not babies tonight feeding on the milk of the word unless we really are babies. And if we've been saved, thank God we can handle a little bit of meat this evening. Amen. Amen. All right, John chapter number one. I can tell. Um, I, I, well, I'm at, who knows what the Lord will do. John chapter number one, verse number one. Let's stand a moment. I, I got about... I got about six points. I won't even begin to preach all of them, maybe just the first one. Uh, John chapter number one. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Seems like a good pausing place to shout amen tonight. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Now verse six will be our text tonight. Verse number six. There was a man sent from God. There was a man sent from God. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light, that all men through him might believe. He was not that light. You're not that light. I am not that light. We love preachers, we appreciate preachers, but we're not that light, but we are to bear witness of that light. That is the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Let's stop reading there. Heavenly Father, we love you tonight. We thank you. Touch me now, please. Give me uh, utterance. Give me unction. Give me wisdom, strength. Lord, help, oh God, tonight, I pray, please. Lord, I love you and I thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated tonight. Uh, I, I want to preach uh, this evening and maybe in days to come uh, on this thought. Uh, there was a man sent from God. There was a man sent from God. Uh, we are uh, not living in times any different in some areas uh, than any other time, but then with that being said, we are living in days that are different uh, than other days in some ways. Uh, <clears throat> one of the great struggles of our day is discerning what is right uh, from what is wrong, discerning who is sincere from, from who is insincere, especially when it comes to those that we follow uh, in the preaching department uh, across this nation. There are uh, a lot of good men. Don't, don't misunderstand that. Don't, don't listen to somebody who says, boy, there just aren't any good preachers left. That's not true tonight. There's a whole lot of good preaching left going on in this generation. And this generation is not without excuse tonight because there are preachers. I, I talked to someone last week and uh, they said, I, 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 I just think there ought to be a church in every town. And I, I said, I agree. Wouldn't that be wonderful? I said, but here's what I believe. There's not a church in every town, but I believe God's got some regions. I believe, I believe most folks, especially in the South, can, they are within driving distance of a Holy Ghost filled church. Now that might not be everywhere in America, but we have the privilege to live in a place where you might not find a good Holy Ghost filled church in every town, but you'll find one in every region. And you can you can pack up and drive that far to go to a place. And I, I don't know about you tonight, but I'm glad I've got a place where I can go, where I know the word of God is going to be preached and power and de demonstration of the Spirit of God and preached uh, accurately according to the Word of God. Uh, thank God for the church tonight. Uh, thank God God has a witness in this hour just like he always does. God's always had a witness. You say, preacher, times are bad 
and they're getting worse. You made an accurate statement there, but mark one thing down tonight. It'll not get too bad that God won't have a witness. It'll not get so dark that God won't have a light. It'll not get so dreary that God will not have a church. As a matter of fact, he looked at Simon Peter. He said, thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. You say, preacher, what are we gonna do when hell comes after the church? We're gonna believe the Bible that the gates of hell has not, will not, and cannot prevail against the church. Amen, I'm glad I've got a church tonight. I'm glad there are preachers in our generation. There are preachers in our church that are being raised up. And one of these days, God's gonna send them to the place that he's called them. Uh, I wanna preach on some marks of a man sent from God. Uh, Everybody that you listen to on YouTube is not a man sent from God. Everybody that you watch on TV is not a man sent from God. Some of them may be, but don't make, make no mistake about it tonight. They are not all. Everybody who carries a Bible under their arm to church and claims to be the pastor is not a man sent from God. There are some marks. There are some indicators of his character if he's a man sent from God. I, I, I read this and it, it jumped out at me as I read John chapter number one about two weeks now. I've pondered uh, on these thoughts and the Lord allowed me to write some things down the other day and I studied them out this week about a man sent from God. I, I, wanna, I wanna just stop before I go any further and just brag on the Lord tonight. I hope you'll join with me. I'm, I wanna thank God tonight that in my life there's always been a man sent from God. All of my life, as far back as I can remember, there's been men that God sent to my life. There's always been a man sent from God. You say, preacher, one of these days you're gonna die. That's exactly right. I hope it's no time soon. But when I do, I just can't help but believe that God will send a man in my place to do that that I'm trying to do. The man sent from God. I want you to notice tonight his characteristics are some markings of this man. Number one, this evening, this may be as far as we'll get, but this man sent from God will be marked by a calling. He will be marked by a calling. The Bible said of John the Baptist that he was a man that was sent from God whose name was John. God said about John, I sent him. You know what that means to me tonight? That God called him. God saved him. God commissioned him. God raised him. God prepared him. Uh, In that he sent him, uh, God called him. Uh, Paul writes to us in 1 Corinthians, for you see your calling, brethren. He goes on down the line, not so many noble, not so many mighty, but God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. I still believe tonight that God calls men to preach. I still believe tonight it's not something you sign up for because if you sign up, it won't be long. You'll sign off. But God calls men to preach. God comes by with a special calling for an individual on their life to preach his word. This was something God did. John didn't preach because he had a burden. John didn't go because God or because somebody offered him a job. John didn't sign up to do this. John John was called by God. There was a man sent from God. Uh, One of the great characteristics of of a man sent from God is that he'll have a calling. Uh, I've asked oftentimes, what made you decide to be a preacher. I didn't know I had a decision. I never had a decision in the matter. Uh, what and you preachers understand that tonight. Uh, if you decided to be a preacher for prestige, you'll quit. If you decided to be a preacher for an easy road, you'll quit. If you decided to be a preacher because you thought that it would be a life of ease, uh, uh, either you're a hireling uh, or you'll quit and go find something better to do. I never had a decision in the matter. It is a calling. And if you're here tonight, 
and you say, preacher, I'm thinking about being a preacher. I'd think again. I'd, I'd think about being something else this evening. But if you say, preacher, I, I can't not preach, it's probably because there is a calling on your life. It's a calling. Men that are called are men that are sent. Men that are called are men that are not going in their will, their power, or their name. And that's what we're looking for tonight. That's what we need. That's what we need our children to be raised up in. Not a man who's called by popular opinion. Not a man who's called by the ways of society. Not a man who's called by a loved one. Said, you know, you'd make a good preacher. But a man who's filled with the Holy Ghost was trying to do something else. But God come along and called him and he's doing the only thing he can do and be right with God. He's a man called. Hallelujah for God calling men to preach. I'm glad this generation has men that God has called. I'm not belittling women. I'm not belittling men that are not called to preach. Thank God tonight there is a place for all of us to serve. You say, preacher, God hasn't called me to preach. Find out where you can get in and serve and you're just as special to God as anybody. But I want to say if we're looking for a man sent from God, he'll be a called man. He's called. He's called. I hear missionaries come by and I appreciate missionaries. And they say, I want you to pray for me. I got a bird. And I understand what that means. Uh, but I want to ask them later on, tell me more than what you got in a bird. And because I've been several places and got a bird. And I've been to Augusta and get a bird. And, uh, uh, but you need more than a bird. And tonight you need to know that the God of glory got down way down deep in your spirit, way down deep in your soul where only He can go and talk to you about what only He can talk to you about. And say, to you what only he can say and said something so strong so real so deep that you ain't ever been able to get around it he's a man with more than a burden he's a man with more than an opportunity he's a man that sees more than a need he's a man with a calling I'll say to you tonight a few things about this calling God will call him in spite of his shortcomings if you're sitting in here tonight and God's dealing with you about preaching God's dealing with you about the call of God in your life. You say, preacher, I would, but you don't know me. No, but God knows you. And he's the same God that knows you that called you. You say, preacher, well, that encourages me. I'm not a preacher, but you reckon God could use me? Absolutely. He knows you in spite of your shortcomings. I'm glad tonight he's not using me because of me. And if God ever did put a call on your life, don't think tonight that you've arrived to be somebody. You're still just as messed up as you ever have been apart from the grace of God. God does stuff in spite of us, not because of us. This man, John, he's a man with a calling and a man with shortcomings. You say, how do you know that? Because the Bible emphasizes there was a man sent from God. He was a man. One thing I know about men tonight is men have shortcomings. One thing I know about men tonight is men have problems. As a matter of fact, you can read, uh, uh, I believe it's Matthew chapter 11. We'll bounce around in a few verses in just a little while. But Matthew chapter number 11, Matthew, or John the Baptist, his ministry has, has uh, declined. Jesus has come on the scene. John said, I must decrease and he must increase. And now John's locked in prison, about to be beheaded. And he sends two of his disciples and he said, I want you to go ask Jesus. I, I want you to go ask him. I, I, is he the one that we're looking for or should we look for another? Isn't that amazing that God's man that he called, uh, God's man that he put a special anointing on him. God's man that he put a special calling in his life and yet in a low place of defeat and discouragement. He said, would somebody please let me know if this is the Christ? Would somebody please speak? I'm telling you tonight, he was full of doubt, discouragement and defeat. And you better believe tonight, just because you get defeated and discouraged and full of doubt does not mean God changed his mind about what he's asked you to do. John was a man with a calling in spite of his shortcomings. I want to say to you tonight, I want to talk to you not only about in his calling, his shortcomings, but I want to talk to you about his selection. 
Uh, I thought about this this evening that the Bible said that he was a man sent from God. Uh, he was selected by God to do a special work. Now, we're not Calvinists this evening. I'll need a good amen right there. I believe God loved the whole world for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But we do believe tonight that God chooses people for special works. God chooses people for a special purpose. I want to say to you this evening, God may not have called you to preach, but God chose Mary. She never could be a preacher, but God chose Mary to offer the womb that would bring the Lord Jesus into this world. I'd say that's pretty special tonight. God chose Mary and Martha to come by their house and take care of the Lord Jesus and, and Mary anointed him with oil before his bearing. God chose Lazarus to open up his home and allow Jesus to come in. There's a whole lot of people in that Bible that were not called to preach. They were not men sent from God but they were selected for a special purpose in the word of God but John was selected to preach and I can't make any sense of all this tonight but before John ever got old enough to get saved he was filled with the Holy Ghost in his mother's womb and he was appointed to be a preacher a prophet of the coming Messiah the Lord Jesus Christ I remember being a little boy and I'm not here tonight to preach on me I'm here tonight to preach on a calling. And maybe this evening there's folks sitting in here and God's dealing with you about it and you're trying to figure out. Maybe there's folks in here tonight and you signed up for it and realized this ain't for me. And maybe you'll find out tonight you're in the wrong occupation. That's all right too. Ain't nothing wrong with being wrong about something and getting it right. I remember being a little boy before I ever got saved and uh, I knew, I don't know how to explain this to you, you might not believe it, it'll be all right. Before I ever got born again, I knew I was gonna be a preacher and it was years down the road before I ever surrendered to that. I'm just being honest with you and nobody pushed that on me, nobody promoted that in my life. It was just something I knew and I believe tonight when God puts a call in on an individual, many times it'll, it may even come along before they get saved. They'll, they'll understand this is what I am, this is what I'm supposed to do. You say, preacher, can you back all that up? Not, not really, but I, I, I'm just believing it in my life. I, I, you say, preacher, I, I don't know if I believe that. That's all right. I'm not asking you to believe that tonight. I'm just telling you how it was in my life. Before I ever surrendered, I knew I was going to have to. It was a calling. We, we need men tonight in this hour. That's why we have very few with any backbone because They've signed up to do something. They've, uh, somebody come by and said, would you sign your name on the line if you want to be this or be this or be this? And, and I'm glad for people trying to recruit folks tonight. But you men, listen to me this evening. We need preachers in our generation. We need men called from God. You mamas and daddies, listen to me. I hope I'm around a long time. I hope I'm around a long time. I, I pray God lets me be an old man still preaching his word. But if I leave out of here, or if I leave out of here early, and you go looking for somebody to fill the place that I've left and it might not be a big place that I've left but if, if y'all go looking for somebody to fill that place, look for somebody, it's evident they are God called to do the job. I'll give you advice preachers you don't have to fill out your resume for 10 churches and see which one calls you. When God gets ready to send you to a work, he'll send you to a work. He don't need your resume's help. He don't need your resume. As a matter of fact, God's probably sick of your resume anyhow. God ain't impressed by what all you can do. God ain't impressed by your little resume. God's got a whole lot bigger things than what your resume's got to offer anyhow. He's called. He's selected. Do a work. Uh, Luke chapter 1, verse number 66. Here's what the Bible said about John the Baptist. And all they that heard them laid them up in their hearts, saying, What manner of child shall this be? And the hand of the Lord was with him. Now he's a child, but the hand of the Lord is with him. The hand of the Lord is with him. 
I believe God calls men, didn't get saved till they're 40 years old, and God, God calls them. They never grew up in church, and, God, and, and it wasn't that way in their childhood. I understand. I believe God called men to preach 45, 50 years old, sent them into the ministry absolutely tonight. But one thing that stands out about John is the Bible said the hand of the Lord was with him. Can I, can I, can I stop right here tonight and, and just throw this out here? There ain't anything wrong tonight with your child uh, being, uh, and I want you to, being promoted to stand out apart for the Lord Jesus Christ. Why in the world as parents do we get so alarmed if our child doesn't just fit the mold of what everybody else at the mall is doing? I didn't go to the mall to get the mold. I went to Calvary and got the mold. And if if your child stands out a little different, we're not supposed to fit in down here anyhow. Somebody help me right there. It ain't my job to raise up kids in that school or in my home or in this church that fits in with the world. It's our job to separate them and set them apart and sanctify them for the work of the living God who is coming back here in a little while. But I don't want them to be different. Different ain't bad. That's what they promote in their hip-hop videos. Be your own person. Be different. And the truth of the matter is what they really are saying is be just like us and just like all the other millions of followers. I tell you who's different tonight. That young man that's separated to God. That young man who believes God at his word. That young lady who is clean and separated and sold out and surrendered to the will of God tonight. That's what we ought to be after. Help me right there. That's what we ought to be after. Trying to make them fit the mold of everybody else. Shame on us and call ourselves Christians and trying to raise them up to fit the mold that society and Hollywood has laid out for them. God, help us tonight. I'm glad, thank God, the hand of the Lord was on John. If God puts his hand on you, you won't fit in down here. Help me right there. Hand of God was on them. It's all right to be different. It's all right to be full of conviction as a young person. Amen. Well, I don't want them to be judgmental. What you mean to say you don't want them to put you under conviction. (laughs) Well, we don't want them to be, God will deal with that judgmental business. God will deal with that happening with me and you. Every one of us get saved and turn into a judgmental hypocrite. We get saved and expect everybody else to, to walk the line like we're trying to walk it now. And God will have to get that out of you. But John, the hand of the Lord was on him. You see the hand of the Lord on that young person in your life, you ought to encourage that, not discourage that. Well, now don't you be different than everybody. Oh, I'm sorry, I thought that's what we were supposed to be. I mean, there's a liberty tonight, but y'all could help me a little bit now. John, he was selected. God might be trying to select some of us in here this evening to do some big things if you let God be God in your life. Uh, I thought about this. Jesus was a carpenter by trade. That wasn't what he was known as. Jesus was the Savior. Jesus was the Messiah. Jesus was a preacher. He was a carpenter. Paul was a tent maker. Paul made tents, but he was a preacher. He was an apostle to the Gentiles. Peter was a fisherman, uh, and he fished for a living. Uh, uh, there, are, uh, there are Elisha. When Elijah come to get him, he was plowing in the field. I want you men to hear me tonight. Those of you who said God's called you to preach, you, 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 God, God called you to preach and you're going to have to be a carpenter and you're going to have to be a fisherman and you're going to have to be a tent maker and you're going to have to be a lot of things uh, in the meantime till God prepares you for where he wants you to go. But that is not your main occupation. 
You're not a carpenter first and a preacher secondary. You're not a fisherman first and a preacher secondarily. You are a preacher. God called you, put his hand on you, called you, put that calling in you, and he wants you to be a preacher. And you're not a you're not a you're not a, a full-time carpenter and a part-time preacher. You ought to be a full-time preacher. And if you gotta work part full-time hours while you're doing carpentry work until God does something different, that's all right. But your priority is you are a preacher. You say, preacher, I just don't know if I like that. I don't know if I like that. Well, it ain't up for me and you to like it. God called them. This ain't, this ain't something we sign up to do because we need a part-time gig. This ain't something we sign up to do because somebody said, you know, you'd be good at that and we just kind of got pushed into it and we're doing something else and, and, we're, and, we're, and, we're, and we leave the place God called us to pursue a job to do something else other than what God called us to do. If God has called you to preach, that's your pursuit. That is what you pursue. You pursue that above anything else. If God's made a preacher out of you, then pursue being a preacher and let everything else be secondary it's exactly right it's exactly right God called your children your boys to preach get off of them leave them alone about what they need to do with their career God didn't call them to a career God called them to a calling Well, you gotta, you gotta, you know, you gotta go pay the bills. That's exactly right. And teach them a trade. Let, let them learn how to do something. But God can pay bills better than you can. It's a calling. It's a calling. I ain't interested in your degrees. I'm not interested in your, I'm not interested in your career paths. I'm interested in your calling. And, and if you're not called, that's all right. If God didn't call you, then go do what you need to do. But if you're called, let that be your priority. Let that be your premier responsibility. I'm called of God. God has called me. Somebody help me right there. I wouldn't suggest you go quit tomorrow. I'd, I'd do what I was doing until God sent me. But understand that he called you. And don't get your affairs too tied up down here that you can't get out and go, go where God called you to go. No man that warth and tangleth himself with the affairs of this life. Help me right there. The calling of God is a selection. It is in spite of our shortcomings. I want you to notice not only his shortcomings and his selection, but his submission. Luke chapter number 1, verse number 80. Luke chapter number 1, verse number 80 tonight. And the child grew, talking about John the Baptist, and waxed strong in spirit and was in the deserts till the day of his showing unto Israel. He was in the deserts till the day of his showing unto Israel. Now here's the wonderful thing about the call of God. Just because God called you don't mean he's ready to show you. Amen. Everybody that God calls is, is chomping at the bits to go be somebody. And the problem is, is if you go try to be somebody, you'll be showing the wrong thing and God will have to let you sit in the desert a little while. Oh, that's right. God calls you, be content to sit where you are until God sends you. God may send you to a desert to sit for a while until he can show you where he wants you to go. John was called and he started his ministry right before the Lord Jesus did. He was probably, and him and Jesus were born around the same time. They were cousins, John the Baptist and Jesus. And John the Baptist was the son of Elizabeth and Zacharias and, and was born around the same time that the Lord Jesus was. And he, and he waited and he was the forerunner. His ministry started right before Jesus ministry began and so he was pushing 30 when his ministry started and you say preacher I'm, I, I mean, I'm in my 20s I gotta get man I gotta go I gotta do something you just sit where God puts you until God sends you just stay where God puts you till God sends you and where God might put you is in a desert but the Bible said that in the book of Luke that John dwelt he was in the desert actually the Bible said the deserts What's the verse it was? Luke chapter one, verse number 80. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit and was in the deserts till the day of his showing unto Israel. God might have put you in more than one desert place. Anybody hearing me tonight? 
God might put you in more than one desert place. You have to sit and be content, wait on the Lord in the desert until it's showing unto Israel. He was submitted to do that. Where God sends you might not be too glorious either. Can I tell y'all something tonight? And I'm just talking to our preachers right now and folks that God's calling and they may not admit it, but God's calling and they need to hear this. And I'm talking to you, so preacher, I ain't been sent and God ain't called me. No, but you're a Christian, ain't you? And you ought to support the preachers in your life and you ought to support the church that's raising them up to go. And you ought to know what to look for. I've had a whole lot of them. God called them to preach and they come to me and said, I'm gone. This is the ministry. Now, I'm just going to talk real frank with you. And I've tried to get in behind their ministries best I could to encourage them. And I'm going to tell you tonight, God called you to a sacred ministry, not a secular ministry. And you sit and wait on God, and when God's ready to go, the church will be behind you and they'll send you. Don't you get over anxious and go sign up for something that the church ain't sent. When it's right, the preacher will go behind you and the church will go behind you and everybody will get on an altar and when them apostles went out or when them preachers went out in the book of Acts, the, the church got in behind them and prayed over them and sent them out. They were sin of God. Sin of God. This, this business of his submission, he's willing just to sit in the desert I ain't ever read an occasion in the Bible of a desert when it was a place anybody wanted to be. Maybe the exception is when, you know, is when Jesus showed up and fed the 5,000. and Maybe that's an exception, but they didn't nobody want to be there before Jesus showed up and didn't want nobody to be there after. But I'm glad Jesus knows where the desert's at. God may have you, and this just applies to all of us tonight. God may have you in a dry place. God may have you in a barren place. This ain't just for people called to preach right here. God may have you in a dry and a barren place in your life. God may have you somewhere that you didn't sign up to be. And it wasn't what you expected. And it wasn't what you wanted. But I want to tell you this evening, if God is in your heart, if you've been born again, just wait on him. Wait on the Lord. Again, I say, wait on the Lord. And when he's ready, he'll send you where he wants or he'll make that desert a place that you want. Thank God he can cause a rose to bloom in the desert. And he can smite the rock in the desert. He can turn that desert into a fruitful plain. He can say to them dead bones in Ezekiel, get up and walk, and they'll get up and walk around. God can raise dead things. God can send water to a desert. God can raise up things out of a desert. Just be content where you are. Just be content to wait on God. If God's called you to preach, stay where you are until God sends you. If God saved you, just wait on God. And if he puts you in a desert, thank God that he's still God and he's not done with you. Amen. His submission. He's content to stay where God put him until God sends him. That's a mark of a, of a man sent from God. He'll stay where most people want. He'll do what most want because God called him. Help me right there. That jail ministry is fun until you have to do it weekly. And then it ain't fun no more. You'll keep doing that thing because God called you and it ain't fun, but you're still doing it. Bible college is fun the first semester. Man, I love it. Fun the first semester. Man, we're going to go learn about the Bible. Praise the Lord. But about halfway through the first semester, you're broke and tired. And you got three and a half years to go. <laughs> Help me right there. But God called you. Took me, I squeezed, I squeezed a four-year degree into five. Ain't I a blessing? Took me five years to get a four-year degree. And, and I wanted to quit. Well, I was pastoring a church already. I, in, my, in my junior year, my, my, my junior year and my first and second senior year. I was raising a family, had a full-time job and pastoring a church, Brother Dallas. And I wanted to quit. 
And I knew some that got them a church and did quit. And I, you know, ain't that the ultimate goal? You, you go to Bible college, you get you a church, and then there you go. And, and boy, you're in the ministry now. I knew some of them that did, but God wouldn't let me. And, and you say, why? Because God called me there. And I knew if I was going to do anything, I had to finish doing what God had asked me to do before he told me to do anything else. Just hang on. Hold on. You may get broke, you may get broker. Being broke ain't bad, it's good for you. Everybody ought to be broke every now and then. Everybody ought to be broke at least once or twice in their life anyhow. All you young people worried about being broke. That's all right, it'd probably be the best thing for you. Be broke a little while and have to trust God by faith. Have to learn to tithe when it ain't easy. <laughs> I've tithed when it was on faith. God, I'm gonna bounce a church, a check to the church. Well, I wouldn't have done that. Well, I made God a promise. I was gonna give him what was his. And I couldn't help it. I didn't have nothing to give. But I was believing God was going to put something in there and wrote that check on faith and scared to death. Boy, wouldn't that be a testimony breaker? The church had to call him. Well, you broke You say, preacher, that? that may have happened around here. I don't know. I'm not over it. So if that happened to you, just move on. Thank God that you're all right tonight. It's all right if you're broke. It's all right if you're in a desert. Boy, I'm preaching this evening. It's all right tonight if things are hard. Hallelujah. This ain't the prosperity gospel. This ain't a prosperity ministry. Jesus didn't save you to move you up on the mountain and let you take up permanent residence. That's not where people live. Jesus took Peter, James, and John on the mountain, showed them his glory, and revealed himself to them. And he said, now y'all go down the mountain where the people are. He called Moses up on the mountain, revealed himself to them, and said, now go down where the people are. People don't live up there. They live down here. And that's where you're going to spend most of your life. But God walks the dark valleys. He's God on the mountain and he's God in the valley. And God, if he's called you to preach, he's gonna let you walk through some valleys or you'll never know how to help anybody else. You ever run into a preacher who says God intended for you to live in the high mountains all your life, you can probably mark him down as a false prophet, don't know what he's talking about. Jesus will let you walk in the valley. David said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. That's a pretty low valley, ain't it? I will fear no evil, for thou art. You know what David said? It's down in that valley where Jesus shows up. Has anybody in here tonight ever marched down into the valley thinking you was all alone? But in the dark of night, in the midnight of the valley, in the lowest place of your valley, Jesus showed up. Glory to God. I'm glad he knows where the valley is tonight. Amen. Hallelujah to God. Bless his holy name. Well, we started out Methodist, but I think we're old-time Baptist now. <laughs> a little preaching helped us out a little bit. Me too. Hallelujah, I'm glad. He's God on the mountain, but he's God in the valley. He's God in the daytime, but he's God in the night. He's God when things are going good and he's God when they're not. And if he's saved you, he's gonna take care of you. If he's called you, just wait on the Lord. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Be of good courage. If things didn't go the way you wanted them to tonight, this book's not done being written. I'm not talking about the Bible. I'm talking about the story of your life. It's not done being written. The story's not over. The last chapter's not been read. It's not been lived. You don't know what God's got in store. You don't know how God's taking what's going on right now. God had John in the desert, clothed in camel hair. Boy, wasn't he a sight. The Bible said his girdle was of leather, clothed in camel's hair, eating locusts and wild honey. Oh, I'm gonna tell you, he's about to mess up their religious world. I've known some John the Baptists. God's preparing him. God's got you right where he wants you. Preparing you. You let him prepare you. When he gets you ready, he'll send you forth. 
You say, well, so-and-so started at this age. God don't operate my life or your life by what so-and-so's doing. His submission, his supply. I'll quit. I'm not even going to preach this. But God was meeting his needs to get him where he needed to be. Let God be God in your life. A man sent from God. You let God be God in your life. Let God operate in faith. You operate in faith and let God prove himself to you. You ain't got to figure everything out. You ain't got to have everything working out on paper. I ain't ever been able to work nothing out on paper. I still can't. Ever. I wish I could sometimes. I really do. I'm at the point in life where I thank God, you think I've learned enough, I can start working this out on paper. He ain't letting me yet. He ain't letting me yet. I ain't never been able to work it out, but God's helped me work it in. Oh my. God's got stuff he wants to do in your life. You let him do it. You let him do it. He's got a wife for you boys that's younger and, and not married yet. He's got a life for you. You let God bring her into your life. Quit going and looking for her. You ain't smart enough to pick the right one out anyhow. You say, well, I want a pretty one. Well, praise God. I'm glad you do. You ought to. Have enough faith that God can give you a pretty one. Don't you believe God can give you one you think's pretty? I want a pretty one. That's all you see. You be careful now. You'll pick the wrong one because you want a pretty one and a godly one. You don't just want a pretty one. You want a pretty one and a godly one. And then you look so long and don't find one, you say, well, I'll take an ugly one as long as, you know, she'll cook something for me. And just have a little bit of faith. God will give you a pretty one and a godly one. God's got what you need. I'll fill you with the power you need to do that that he's called you to do. It ain't time to kill lions and bears, but when it is, God will equip you with what you need to kill a lion and a bear. It ain't time to kill Goliath, but when it is, God will give you what you need to kill Goliath. And he'll let you practice on a lion and a bear. He'll let you practice on a tree stump for a little while, for about 15 years on a tree stump, and then he'll let you practice on a lion and a bear, and then Goliath. John's supply. Come out of the wilderness, clothed in camel's hair, loins girt about with a belt of leather, eating, eating wild honey and locusts. You say they don't sound they don't seem to fit my fancy. That don't sound too great either, but this thing ain't all about your seventy five years down here. I guarantee you he's eating better than locusts. This evening. God may give you a king's portion. If he so chooses. Boy, he's blessed me. He really has. I bless his name. I don't know. I don't I didn't earn none of it. He's just blessed me. He's been good to me. But boy, in them early days I felt like I was eating locusts and wild honey. But in the will of God, locusts and wild honey taste better than anything this world's got out of the will of God. I promise you. God can make locusts and wild honey taste good. And you'll need some wild honey if you're going to eat some locusts. You'll need something to choke them down with. His sermon... <laughs> I'll just read this to you and be done. Matthew chapter 3. I want you to hear his sermon. I'm talking about a man called from God. He'll be a man with shortcomings, no doubt. Quit looking for his shortcomings. Just trust God with him. He'll be a man that's selected. God called him and selected him. He'll be a man that's submissive. Even though he's strong-willed, he'll, he'll submit to the will of God. He'll be a man that God's met his needs. He's supplied. He'll be a man with a sermon, Matthew chapter three, 
and verse number seven. I'll read his sermon to you, Matthew three, at least one of them, and verse number seven will be done. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? I don't think John was a polished preacher, was he? Old generation of vipers. So we want us one of them preachers that speaks nicely. John, the man sent from God, wouldn't have been a good preacher for you. Maybe the one God sends don't always talk nicely. Maybe he says some hard things. Oh, he said, generation of vipers. He said, all y'all snakes. Well, I didn't like that. Well, maybe you're a snake and you need to realize it. If you're not a snake, then praise God that you're not one. Who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bring forth therefore fruits, meet for repentance. And think not to say within yourself, We have Abraham our father. For I say unto you that God is able these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. And now also the axe is laid under the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. I indeed baptize you with water under repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in his hand. And he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner. But he will burn up the chafe with unquenchable fire. John's sermon was this. You better get right and repent. You better get right and repent. You're a sinner and you need to be saved. You're a sinner. You've sinned. Uh, you act like the devil who was a serpent and you need to get saved. You say, preacher, we don't like that message. If you're looking for a preacher that won't tell you the truth tonight, you're looking for a hireling and a man who's not God's man. But if he's a man sent from God, it won't be a popular message, but he'll look at his generation and say, you must be born again. But John's message didn't end with their repentance. It didn't take him long. But he said, but I want to tell y'all there's one coming who's, <laughs> I'm not worthy to loosen his shoe latching and his name's Jesus and he's greater than I and if he's a man of God, not only will he talk to you about your sin, but he'll talk to you about the Son of God that was slain before the foundation of the world that is the Lamb of God come to take away the sin of the world. He's gonna get you to Jesus. He's a man with a calling. Sent from God. The smooth talkers won't take you there. But they'll join your crowd in hell. But thank God for a man sent from God. You come to the piano tonight. Maybe this evening we've got some young preachers or some adult preachers. You say, I want to be kind of man preacher well you will be you will be God's called you he'll work the foolishness out of your life we all have it maybe you just want to thank him tonight maybe you need to get something right tonight maybe maybe you're sitting in here this evening and God has spoke to you and you say I'm not a preacher but God wants to use me I want to serve him. Won't you come submit yourself to where he's got you tonight? Won't you submit yourself to his will and say, God, what, not my will but thine be done. What do you want? I'll do it. Even if it's a desert, I'll do it. People's coming. We're going to bow our heads as they play and sing tonight. People come to pray.